Welcome to the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Amy DeLashman. On today's episode, we are joined by Emily Lair, the career and technical education agriculture teacher at Ames High. We're going to have an amazing conversation about agriculture education, changes in technology to the industry in general, and the FFA program. Welcome, Emily. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, so let's start with just some basic questions. So some of our listeners might not be familiar with what being an agriculture teacher in a high school entails. And what exactly is career and technical education that I mentioned? So enlighten us a little bit. Sure. Um, so career and technical education, or CTE as we call it, is an encompassing of uh, those different like areas that are more, I guess I would consider them more hands-on, more active approach. Yeah. Uh, so that would include like business, industrial tech, agriculture, uh, FCS, um, also Influence Solutions is a part of that. Health Services is also mm-hmm. a part of that. Yep. Um, we currently only have business, in, industrial tech, um, FCS, and, and agriculture. Um, so part of my job as being an agriculture teacher is literally to teach students about what agriculture is, what are some of those different areas that students can go into within agriculture, um, and just expose them to that realm. Mm-hmm. Being here in Iowa, agriculture is a huge part of our our state, basically. Um, and agriculture is the oldest of sciences. It is the original, like, I guess, rock bottom, if you will, of mm-hmm. how we've kind of built our country. Yeah. So um, I find that to be very important for everyone to know what it is, regardless if you're involved in production. There are so many other opportunities within agriculture that is has nothing to do with farming or mm-hmm. livestock production, mm-hmm. really. Um, and so, and actually, fun fact, less than 2% of the population actually farms or does any sort of production agriculture. Um, 45-ish percent of the agricultural industry is made up of agricultural businesses. Hmm. Um, so that's a big part of like what I like to focus on more so, um, sure. especially being in a more urbanized program. So mm-hmm. I teach a lot of like plant science type information. So um, I try to focus more on the like floriculture aspects, um, some of like the uh, like germinations and mm-hmm. like, you know, how do we um, improve plants for different things that we are trying to use them for, like more of the science part of it. Sure. Um, we do other like, uh, production parts um, in like uh, like nursery landscape type of things. Oh yeah, um, and like greenhouse um, management. Mm-hmm. Granted, we don't have a greenhouse right now, but it's coming so. someday. <laughs> so I utilize um, like artificial lighting and things like that, uh-huh. and um, I have like a grow cart that I use uh-huh. um, in my classroom for that purpose. So we can still do some of those things, just not on a bigger scale right now. Um, and then I have like animal science, um, where I talk a lot about animal production, um, but we also talk about like animal welfare and um, how do we properly utilize animals if we're going to be using them for production purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about reproduction, so how does reproduction affect, you know, we most again focus on production, but some of that can be reflected into like dogs, cats, things like uh-huh. that. 
Um, we do a little bit of like nutrition and talking about like how different animals need different kinds of nutrition. And actually a lot of that I compare to people. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do with animals is very similar to what we do with people. Mm-hmm. So it's just something that we have to consider. I do have a classroom rabbit um, that the students absolutely love. His name is George. And um, he gets to come out and play with them once in a while. And they get to <laughs> learn how to properly handle him. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to learn some of his behaviors and like what that means. Um, so if he's, you know, thumping like on the table, then he clearly is like, don't don't bother me, like, I don't want to be touched. Mm-hmm. Or if he's, like, you know, kind of coming up to you and, like, wants to, like, almost, like, crawl on you, if you will. Like, yeah. he, like, clearly wants some attention, those kinds of things. Um, so we focus a lot on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also teach a food science class okay, where we talk a lot about um, kind of where food comes from and how we make food, how we develop food. Um, so kind of the farm-to-fork um, yep. scenario, yeah. if you will. Uh, they learn about different nutrients and where we get those nutrients from. Um, they figure out how, like, or why food is packaged the way that it is. So, mm-hmm. like, why some foods are canned and why some are put in plastic and boxes and things sure. like that. So they learn more of, like, the science behind food. Uh-huh. Um, because food scientists are so important in our world where we have to be able to, like, feed potentially, you know, 9, 10 billion people across yep. the globe. Um, that's just really important. So, and everyone can relate to food, right? We all, we all love to eat. (laughs) That's true. That is true. Um, So that's just something that like, that's one of those classes that like anyone can relate to regardless um, of how you feel about it. It's just, that one's probably one of my favorite classes I teach. Uh Um, and then of course I do teach like a natural resources class where we talk a lot about conservation, um, soils, water, wildlife, you know, more of those like nature-y type Uh Um, things that I think a lot of people don't consider being a part of agriculture, but it 100% is. Um, And that's just, that's also kind of a fun class that kind of gets people out of like that um, box, if you will, of what agriculture is supposed to be. Uh And then of course I teach an introductory course that basically covers all of those things within, um, within like a little just little snippets of, of each of those things. So sure. I do a lot. <laughs> wow. So for those people listening that thought we were just going to talk about, um, I think sometimes what p- people traditionally think mm-hmm. when they think agriculture is sort of that farming production right. um, side of things. And wow. So I hope that the listeners are surprised to learn there is a whole lot more that goes into that part of education. So I'm so glad that you detailed that because it's not just that traditional viewpoint of agriculture. So what aspects of teaching agriculture do you enjoy most? Honestly, I am a very like hands-on teacher. My favorite part is being able to either get the kids out of the classroom um, and get them seeing in real life what some of this stuff looks mm-hmm. like. Um, it is bringing people in that can do things with them that, again, makes them just see things outside of like the box of just a day-to-day school. Um, and anything that I can simulate. If I can simulate sure. some sort of process or if like, you know, my plant science, for example, if we can grow plants, we're gonna grow plants. Like, <laughs> we're gonna do it. You're gonna get the hands-on like approach. Yeah. You're gonna learn how germination works. You're gonna learn how to transplant. You're gonna learn how to plant or put plants in different scenarios. So like, mm-hmm. I have a hydroponic system. So that's growing plants with water and yes. soil. Yes. Um, but then I also have a grow cart where we pl- 
plant uh, with soil. So they get to kind of see those two things and how like different plants react to those things. Mm -hmm. Like some plants can't be grown with hydroponics. They just don't like being wet. Correct. Versus, you know, some plants that prefer that soil, um, you know, environment. So, you know, anything that I can do to get them feeling that Mm -hmm. and like being a part of that is what I try my best to do. Um, I take, I try to do a field trip with, um, most of my classes Mm -hmm. it doesn't always end up working out but I usually like animal science I usually take them to um, a production facility so I've taken them to the Iowa State Dairy Farm the Iowa State Swine Farm Um, in a few weeks we're actually going to go to the the sheep farm Uh Um, so they're going to get a little different perspective as to sheep production yeah Um, I've taken them to the vet med building uh, vet med campus I guess yeah just a building but um, (laughs) the campus and um, just introduce them to like that environment and how sure like veterinary sciences kind of work because mm-hmm. some students think that that's what they want to go into um so that's just that exposure of like here's what it kind of looks like if this is something that you're interested in sure um i've like my plant science i've also taken them to ryman gardens and we've uh-huh. utilized ryman gardens more this year so they did some bland uh bland they did some bulb planting here mm-hmm. in the fall. Um, they also got to learn how to prune um, and Ooh. do pruning in the fall. So that was pretty fun. That was actually probably their favorite thing to do. I think I need to take your class. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they're going to be planting some annuals out at Ryman um, here in May. So we've kind of utilized them a little bit more um, than sure. I have in the past. Um, but the kids love it. They think it's great. Yeah. Um, and so I, ch- I try to get somewhere. And, like, my natural resources – um, I usually have the DNR come in and talk to them about mm-hmm. um, just wildlife management and like how like you know the DNR is even made up of like wildlife biologists, sure, and people yes. who you know have PhDs and all this stuff because they you know do all this research. Um, I've also taken them out to the water treatment plant mm-hmm. um, before, so they've gotten to see that kind of side of things and like water quality environmental um, yeah. aspects which was really cool highly recommend going and visiting the treatment plant if you've yes. ever been because i've been there i would i would recommend it as well yeah <laughs> well i think one of the things i was most impressed with when um i first had met you was when i came to the cte open house that occurred earlier in this semester and while I was there from a communication standpoint with the district, I learned so much as well. And I was really just uh, not surprised, but just really enamored with how often you were taking students out for hands-on experiences. Mm-hmm. And and not just you, so many other teachers are doing the hands-on experiences as well. So what do you think makes a difference with students in being able to do some of that hands-on learning versus the traditional uh, classroom lecture type of learning? Sure. Uh, engagement, really. I mean, once I can get them into either an activity within the classroom or get them out of the classroom to go do something, that's when they like really kind of come alive. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, not always do I get to do field trips. I try to schedule sure. them if I can, but um, but anytime I've done it, I've always gotten 
kids coming back to me and being like, thank you for that experience. That was so cool. And, um, you know, I never thought about this or I never considered that's what this is like or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I have a lot of students that, um, and I'm going to talk about like the animal production side of things because that tends to be the most controversial. And so I've had a lot of students who like initially thought this is what animal production is like until we went out to the dairy farm, for example. Sure. And then they're like, oh, that's what this is like. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like, this makes sense. Like, and it kind of not necessarily changes their viewpoint, but it gives them a larger perspective mm-hmm. so they can take that into consideration. Um, you know, just something that maybe even gets them thinking about their futures because, mm-hmm. you know, they're high Definitely. schoolers. They got to figure out what they're going to do next, right? That yep. could be, you know, going out into the working world. That could be a tech school. That could be a university. Whatever that may be, mm-hmm. they definitely need to have some experiences that lead them into those areas. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of my students that are in my classes don't necessarily consider agriculture as part of their future, but because there's so many different opportunities, yeah. a lot of times it ends up becoming a part of their future. Um, I had a student that graduated last or this last spring, and um, he was one of those that was kind of, like, standoffish, didn't really, like, think he was going to be a part of ag, didn't really think he was, like, interested. Mm -hmm. And now he's, like, big ag, like, he's at Iowa State, he's doing um, ag business, he um, has an internship with Landis for this summer. Wow. You know, all these awesome things. He's gotten scholarships from, like, the pork producers and the Farm Bureau and, like, all these places that he just never would have considered had he not been a part of my programming and, like, was open to those opportunities. Sure. Um, So I think that's, like, where, like, for me, like, it gives me goosebumps, like, just thinking about it because – it's so important for students to like understand there's more than just plows, sows, and cows. <laughs> exactly. And I think you mentioned it earlier, living in a very urban area yeah. where maybe not all students are exposed to uh, that traditional view of agriculture, yep. or maybe really their only frame of reference is what they see on television, yes. which we know is not necessarily the reality of what's going right. on in our world. Mm-hmm. So Um, I, for one, think it's wonderful that some of these opportunities that, uh, you know, students or even just the world tends to think is a rural-based type of learning, Mm -hmm. you're taking it into a broader uh, perspective when it comes to living in a really urban area, and I I really applaud you for that. So we know that technology is driving efficiency in almost all aspects of agriculture, um, and not just agriculture, but many other careers as well. Mm-hmm. So how do you prepare students to use and understand technology, no matter what they might choose to go into in the future? Sure. Um, obviously, being a one-to-one school, it makes it really kind of easy almost, be, being at, uh, or ugh, having access to uh, the you know internet having access to different applications that we might use mm-hmm. um, you know and even I mentioned like with my plant science having like that hydroponic system versus yes. that um, grow cart system where like some of that even is technological like I had to figure out where to plug them into the walls so I wasn't tripping like outlets and stuff you know oh Just, sure like, some of those types of things even um or like how to use like a timer on a system so mm-hmm. it turns the lights on at a certain time mm-hmm. and you have you know that day length that you need or that you're mimicking yes. for the plants to grow you know things like that um 
you know, and just be, be using basic technology of just like keeping track of um, like growing systems or um, I have um, some like sensors that we use for different things. So in natural resources, we uh, sp spend some time talking about water quality and I have different sensors that do different things for water quality. So uh -huh. they look at um, pH values and mm. so they get to test different types of water. Um, we pull like tap water. Like I usually will do a little activity where I tell them to go get a sample of water. I don't care where it comes from. It can come from a toilet. Like, okay. <laughs> Granted, don't like swim in the toilet or anything, but, um, <laughs> but you know, just like go grab, get a water sample. Yeah. Just something to test. And so they test it for pH value. They test turbidity, which is um, basically how clear the water is. Uh -huh. um, they test it for dissolved oxygen. So how much oxygen is actually in the water. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have anything for them to test dissolved solids right now, but um, I'm hoping to add that to like my collection of sensors so they can actually sense... Um, or be able to tell like how much like mineral is in the water yeah. and different other types of values. Um, so we do stuff like that too, where we're integrating some other technology to kind of help with that. Um, I've got like soil moisture t um, sensors that um, indicate how much like moisture is in the soil. If you mm -hmm. go down like, you know, however far, um, gosh, I have, I have a lot of different technology pieces that I utilize, but yeah. Um, but, you know, there's and there's so much more than that even. Sure. Um, at previous program that I've been, uh, I've taught at, uh, we had a drone that we actually used for mapping our test field. We had a test plot. Oh, yeah. Um, parcel of land. So uh, we'd fly that to kind of map out our land. Sure. Um, and use, you can use that for a lot of different purposes as well. So. Yeah. We've, I, I think, every, well, I think many people have heard about drone usage yes. when it comes to agriculture. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's really uh, putting students in the driver's seat yeah. of what can happen when it comes to technology. And I think I mentioned to you, um, I have a middle schooler who mm -hmm. is just, she can't wait to get to the high school and take the agriculture classes. Um, I think it will be a really learning experience mm -hmm. for her because maybe her viewpoint is a bit traditional. Sure. But um, you mentioned hydroponics and yeah. it was really interesting. We were watching a television show where a hydroponic system had been put in sure. and uh, she was really interested mm -hmm. and i said hey you know when you get to the high school that actually is something mm -hmm. that gets studied because i knew you had done that and so i think just for students to hear about all of the different yeah. opportunities and parents mm -hmm. Um, we know sometimes we influence what choices that our students might make in the future. And um, just hearing about all of the different things that they can learn that aren't in maybe that in-the-box viewpoint yep. of agriculture. There's just so much more that you're doing. So let's switch gears a little sure. bit because I love hearing about the agriculture <laughs> side of learning. I love hearing from teachers, but you are also the sponsor of FFA at the high school. So tell us about the possibilities for students, both with leadership and involvement when it comes to FFA. Yeah, so I'm the FFA advisor uh, for the Ames FFA chapter. Uh, the FFA is a national organization, uh, so it is in all 50 states uh, here in the U.S., plus the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. So it is a nationally known mm -hmm. um, student-led organization, um, and it it's an incredible organization. I could talk forever about how amazing FFA is, but, um, you know, obviously coming into an urban uh 
program, the knowledge of FFA was very limited. Sure. Um, there just wasn't a lot of people that either knew mm-hmm. what it was or a lot of people just assumed, like, oh, it's part of the egg program. They're all just doing, like, things with animals and farming and, and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it is truly a leadership organization. So my students participate um, in a lot of different events. Mm-hmm. And so we have kind of two ba- main categories. So we call them leadership development events or LDEs, okay. um, which are going to be more of like your public speaking and your demonstrating of like parliamentary procedure mm-hmm. and um, even doing like some extemporaneous speaking, um, talking about egg issues, yeah. skits, things like that. Sure. Um, Very like speech-like, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And then the other um, events that we have are career development events or CDEs. Okay. So those events are going to be more skills-based. So like right now I have um, three events that are practicing for state competition. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of them is a poultry evaluation team. So they're evaluating live birds, carcass, eggs, ready to eat wow stuff so that's more skills based uh-huh. um and knowledge based if you will and then i've got a team doing veterinary science where um, they actually have to demonstrate how to do like a specific um procedure yep um and they're working with uh, a vet clinic over in nevada to complete that task um, plus they have knowledge um, information that they have to know for the contest as well and then I also have a floriculture contest so they have to actually like build arrangements and fulfill an order and they have knowledge information they have to know so uh, and those are just ones that we have going on this year but we've had some others in the past but so there's lots and lots of contests and I think what people don't necessarily know Mm -hmm. is how much you can do in FFA. There's just so many opportunities. And even if you just go to the Iowa FFA website and you look through the LDEs and the CDEs, Uh you're like, holy cow, I had no idea. It was like all these other things. Um, And I've heard that from a lot of students as well, that they were like, wow, I had no idea that I could do all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some restrictions, like some of them are certain age levels, um, or you have to start at like the the sub-district level, we call it, which is basically like a local level, Uh and build your way up to the higher levels. Some of them start kind of in between. So um, it just kind of depends on the contest. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's just, there's just so much opportunity. Um, And even outside of that, we try to do some like community events as well. So mm-hmm. we actually partner with the um, the Adopt a Garden with the Ames, oh sure um, yeah. and Rec Department, and so we actually plant flowers out at the Welcome to Ames sign right across from Hilton Coliseum. Yes, so that's our. I think we've all seen there. that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, and the kids have loved that. They thought that was, like, incredible. So um, we've done that for the last two years now, um, and so we're planning on continuing to keep that. Um, We do an annual teacher appreciation breakfast during our National FFA Week as a way to just kind of give back. Um, The kids make, like, homemade pancakes and Uh eggs and bacon and all the stuff, Um, all the things you want for breakfast. And... um, you know, and we're always looking for, like, more things that we can add, to. Sure. So uh, we're trying to, you know, build some more, like, community-type events. Um, we also host a banquet every year that mm-hmm. we invite all of, like, our students or our members and their families. We also invite, like, staff and, um, you know, people who have supported us throughout the year mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we have 
some of those different like other events I would call them outside of competition if you yeah. will uh, we're always doing something we're always going somewhere <laughs> so that's really great yeah. and what an opportunity for students to get a deeper involvement mm-hmm. um, in what might be a potential career mm-hmm. avenue for them or really just an area of interest maybe it's something they're really passionate about and they want to have that level of interest I know when I went out to the FFA website mm-hmm. Um, and my my view might be really limited based on what I knew, based sure. on my own experience, but I was really, really surprised mm-hmm. at the amount of events out there and yeah. things that students could get involved in and really take a passion that they have to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. So that was really incredible. I encourage people to go out and look at the FFA <laughs> website because I guarantee you it is not – what you think in your mind yep. that it is. Yep. But um, so we know when it comes to that leadership aspect and the opportunities for students, you had a student recently at Ames High who earned the Iowa FFA degree. And I know when I first heard about this, I thought, well, that's really interesting. I don't know much about this. Mm-hmm. So I researched it a little bit myself. And I think that we need to tell everybody what this is because as I read I could not believe that a that a student would dedicate this much amount of time Mm -hmm. to something that is so just so passionate Mm -hmm. to them and so I want you to tell everyone what is the Iowa FFA degree and tell us a little bit about this amazing student at Ames High School. Sure. So uh, I'll start off by saying that in order to receive your Iowa FFA degree, you also have to have received your green hand degree, which would be like your first year membership, yeah. um, your chapter degree, which would be um, like your second, maybe third year membership. Um, and there are requirements for both of those in order to get them. Mm-hmm. And they're all laid out in our constitution and yes. bylaws. And then um, in order to get your Iowa FFA degree, you have to not only have those things, but you also have to have um, earned or productively invested $1,500 worth. You had to have had mm-hmm. over, uh, I can't remember the exact number, is like 100 and some odd hours. Uh, yeah. Um, you had to have like 25 hours of community service mm-hmm. and at least, um, I think it's four different community service aspects. Um, you had to have like held a leadership role, whether that mm-hmm. is a chapter officer or a committee chair or something that was leadership related. Um, you had to have given like a speech or um, something ag related at some point in mm-hmm. your high school career, basically. Um, so there's there's a lot. There's still more than that, but there's a lot of different things that you have to do in order to even receive this award. So realistically not many people get it because they don't necessarily get all of those um, things in place. Um, A big part of that is their supervised agricultural experience or their SAE project, Mm -hmm. um, which is an out-of-classroom experience. Mm -hmm. And that can be really whatever the student wants it to be. Um, The student that received their Iowa degree this year, um, her name is Nicole Ross, and she um, had two SAE projects. So she did, um, her family owns a bee, beekeeping. Or, uh-huh. Yeah, they own some bees, I guess, if you will. Um, so they do beekeeping. Sure. Um, and so she played a big part in that, and she's yes. been doing that for years um, since 
I think like she was in like middle school. Uh-huh. Um, and then she also worked at Be Fabulous um, mm-hmm. in Slater. So she actually worked with like their catering and their restaurant portion. So she did a lot of like meal prep work and, mm, um, yes. you know, making sure that like meats are cooked to the correct temperatures yep. and um, a lot of that like food safety aspect. So, mm-hmm. um, so both of those experiences gave her all of the information or all of the knowledge and skills that she needed to get her Iowa degree. Um, she is our fourth Iowa degree recipient out of our um, program in the four years that we've existed, uh, which is pretty awesome. Because That's incredible. Some programs, like even my home chapter, um, like we had a lot of Iowa degrees prior to like 1995, mm-hmm. but then there was like this like 20 year period until I received it in 2012 um, that there was like nobody that had gotten wow. it. So some chapters kind of go through that. So for sure. us to have four in four years is pretty incredible. Um, last year I had three um, that received it and then one this year. So um, That's really I'm always incredible. like encouraging my students to get that degree because it's such a big deal. And mm-hmm. they really should be celebrated for it because – that is the highest degree that the Iowa FFA Association can bestow upon its members. And that's mm-hmm. incredibly important and not everyone gets it. Um, and, you know, it's if they receive their Iowa degree, they can also advance and get their American degree, which is the national organization's degree, um, yes. which, again, not many people get mm-hmm. um, because that also includes continuing your FFA experience through high or through college. Um, and you can continue to be an FFA member for three years past high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I received my American degree uh, when I was a junior in high in, or I mean a, a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that like I really am a, kind of like a big person on because it is very limited as to how many people get it. And you know, it, it's the highest degree that you can get. Yeah. And I think that's a big deal. And um, this student that she got her, she's getting her Iowa degree this year. She's already like, okay, what do I need to do to get my American degree? Like, yep. I want to be the first of our chapter to get my American degree. And I'm like, that is incredible. Do it. Whatever I can do to help, let me know. <laughs> yes. And she had mentioned that to me. I, yes. I got uh, the privilege of speaking with Nicole. Good. So, um she had shared with me that she was interested in yes. doing that. And I just think it's it's a wonderful opportunity. But also there is, to say tremendous just doesn't even feel like the right word. There is a tremendous amount of work that goes yes. into doing that. It isn't just, hey, I, you know, I, I filled out a form and mm-hmm. um, I checked some boxes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hands-on and commitment that has to come yep. from the student. And so the fact that people are making that commitment and carrying through with it and completing it, I really think is something to be celebrated. So um, congratulations to you as a teacher, too, for inspiring that out of a student. And congratulations to Nicole as well. Uh, Well, Emily, we could talk forever about um, agriculture education and FFA. Emily, thank you for joining us on the Amazing Education podcast and taking a few minutes to talk about Um, Not only agriculture education, but also FFA. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. Mm